I'm Andrew Rice. I'm Luke Summerhays. And I'm James J. Miles. And you're listening to Monster Mash. And on this week's episode, we are hunting Luna Garon. Woo! The monster mash. The monster mash. It was a Jericho coming down. Now you know. Oh, bring the wall down. Luna Garon have an organ that chills the air they inhale, circulating it throughout their body in a unique form of thermoregulation. They can travel long distances and endure environmental changes, allowing them to occupy a wide range of habitats. They usually walk on all fours, but can stand on two legs by shutting down their cooling mechanism, spiking their body temp to expand their muscles. Pale moonlight barely breaking through the cloud, the creature wanders restlessly through the darkness, stepping firmly, never dropping its pace, its entire body honed to perfection. Finally, the clouds split apart, and the moon reveals itself. Silver light illuminates the land and the mountains. It dances. It runs. It trembles with unbridled power. And with an entranced roar, it shows its true form. That's some pretty neat lore, actually, about how they stand. Yeah, I was just thinking, because... Does that mean when he stands up, he's less icy? Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, yeah, that's I, I'd, I'd say that's kind of true. Like it's really only around his, around his hands, really, right? Like he gets his back's hmm. quite iced at that point, but he maybe that's spikes. the point. Like, yeah, moves away from his legs. It's, it's a yep. cool, cool little <clears throat> bit in lore. Don't know if I agree with the part about him being in a wide range of focals. It seems to be mostly in just. Space. I was thinking I've only really seen him in the one or the ice one, like, but. You know, <laughs> at least they tried. <laughs> I'd like to see him show up in the volcano, though. That'd be nice. You'd melt. Well, I mean, yeah, he wouldn't melt. The ice might melt. He's got a unique form of thermoregulation. <laughs> Sorry, look, was, that, was that your Luna Garon voice there? I don't know. That was just my Wicked Witch of the West voice. <laughs> oh, <I guess>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that classic. Well, it's very much in in the right sort of time period as all the monster movies we've been speaking about in recent episodes, isn't it? Well, interestingly, um, the Universal Wolfman movie wasn't until, like, 1941. So it's quite a bit later than Dracula and Frankenstein, I think. But draws... you think of those three as a trio. Those draws in the theories, though, isn't it? Yeah. That was the point I was it's long... Yeah, it's like ten years apart. Ten years is quite a long time. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I actually, now that I think about it, to most normal people... Probably would take Jay's side on that. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Beat me into submission. I don't care. It's all just the past. That's all one period, yeah, right? Yeah. There's films now, or there's old films. Yeah. That is a very Andrew Rice takeover. What it's worth. <laughs> yeah. 
Once it leaves theatres, it no longer exists. Yeah. No, 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 that's not it. I just, I'm not going to sit down at home and watch something. I've got better things to do with my time. <laughs> like talk about Little Garon, am I right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The werewolf monster. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I think. On oh, you. I was going to say, so far. The so-called Three Lords, they've been, like, bigged up in the story, and they're all cool designs. They've not been the hardest fights, though. I feel that Lunagaron was imposing enough when we got to it. Like, I don't think he was crazy, crazy, but I, I, I think he's intimidating enough at the time mm. that he meant to fight him. So, so I feel like I fainted more when I was hunting those Kezus for armor sets than I did fight, fighting this guy. For Kezo could be a right dick, though, right? Yeah, no pun intended. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's genuinely is a real pain in the arse. Whereas yeah. Luna Garon. It's a good fight because he just, yeah, yes. comes at you. You can dodge it and hit him back. And... That's it. Like, it is. I think, I think he's almost in a similar category to, like, Gotta Rag. That's exactly like, what I was about where, to say. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we, we don't respect him as much as we probably should because when you get to him, we're kind of quite seasoned, quite into the game, I guess. Um,. But no, I think I think he's imposing enough for us. I definitely think he's cool. He's cool as hell. Oh, from a design standpoint, yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Um, I think the the the, the Gosharag comparison is really apt as well from a difficulty standpoint because I feel Gosharag doesn't really doesn't really hit that hard until he safes up and like gets the big sword arms, um, and then he can really knock you for six. And I think Luna Garon's kind of the same. Like until he get like becomes bipedal and starts coming at you with those claws, all Wolfman style. He doesn't really do huge chunks of damage. I find really. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I've like tangibly noticed a difference, but definitely, yeah, his big the attacks that have hit me hardest have been when he stood up for sure. Mm. So I'll give you that one. But yeah, we don't really have. Not that I can remember, at least. There are many monsters that have that shift where they go from, you know, on all fours, bipedal, to standing up and juking it out with you. Again, Gosarag does go about on his on all four legs a little bit. It's more bit, like but... he travels on all four legs, like yeah. he sprints, and then he stands up for the whole fight. But he's the only one I can think of, him. weirdly, is Zamtrios. Because when he turns into a chubby boy, he just sits on his, like, hind legs. I guess he's, that feels different because he's just rolling a bit. It's very right? different, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. he is technically I, switching between a quadrupedal and bipedal. But form. again, similar from a design standpoint with the whole ICS. The ice, the ice like, armour is very Zamtrios, yeah. yeah. But he's, he stays on four um, legs in both versions there. There's a part in the fight where Luna Garon gets, like, almost like a fin on his back mm. like made of ice and that's but like that's big Zamtrios energy like when he goes into like his armoured form before he puffs up if we'd seen a click a quick snippet of that guy of him in that form in the trailer we could easily have been like oh it's Zamtrios it's Zamtrios and <laughs> been incredibly let down when Zamtrios <laughs> didn't make it into the game yeah well spoilers I haven't finished it yet <laughs> so, can you make it in the game? So, uh, sorry, he's the front of us. But um, 
it's a unique fight for sure. Yeah, and and I think you can't just you know dodge his melee attacks as well. He's got that ice beam that he does as well. I, again, he's he, there's a lot of similarities between him and Gosarag because Gosarag will do that as well. That big Kamehameha that he does, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which Gosarag does just before he powers up, if I remember rightly. Whereas mm. Lunagaron, I think he'll just do that occasionally during the fight. He's like a more bestial version of Gosarag. Gosarag got a bit more like a humanoid element to him. Hmm. And... Well, Gosarag's more the. The Yeti, isn't he? Yeah, the Yeti or the Namahage, like we talked about. Oh, that, oh yeah, that's it. This, this one lad, is all Wolfman. Yeah. So the big thing with the um, Frankenstein boy, the Garangon, was that it's it's yes. supposedly a peaceful monster and it's been driven into this rage and gone berserk. Whereas I don't get the impression that Lunagaron is ever, you know, a peaceful herbivore. Like it's clearly a killing machine. It's just the fact that it's in areas it wouldn't usually be in, right? Is what's unusual. That's it. Like, one of the first cutscenes in the game is where it goes after you in the... I think it's after you take it a Hermitor? Like in yeah, the yeah, you, you get a Hermitor in the Shrine Ruins and then Runa Garon shows up. Because then when you fight it again, she's like, oh, let's finish it this time. Right. Yes, that's right. That's right. So, yeah, I, I always get... Yeah, I think you're very much on the on the ball there about he's a, probably a bit of a dick and even his native habitat well that it was that was a cool cutscene I do miss the old monster hunter thing where they would just like drop the monster into the area with you like at the end of a quest or during a quest the one that always stands like out get for that me so for that is the bulldrome that ends up being a glavinous in um yeah, yeah. In didn't they do it for all four like there was one that's like that for all four lords yeah i think so generations. i think like so egg quest and... yeah and a mushroom quest and what have you and and then because yeah that that used to be like a big one-time tradition right like legaicris showed up like that rathalos showed up like that in the original i guess the fact that there was there's just regularly multiple monsters in the arena fighting each other means they don't feel the need to force it anymore. Like in base rise, there's all the five star quests just have a Rajang in the map, right? Yeah, that's that's quite the cool. equivalent these days. And that that's cool in its own way too. And World had it with um, Basil Goose just coming in in the middle of a high rank hunt. That's, what's that's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, we would have been. Yeah, that that's that semi scripted. You go on. Well, everyone was. Do you remember everyone was speculating they were going to do it with um, Devil Joe when he was added into World? Yes, I do remember. Because around the time Devil Joe was coming in, there was just like a random mushroom quest added, and I think that ended up not even being the case. <laughs> but everyone was looking at it like that's definitely going to be Devil Joe. That's definitely going to be Devil Joe. Missed the trick. And um, in Generations Ultimate or in Double Cross. There was that you do. I think is it Gravios or something like that, and then you get like a brief fight with Valfalk at the end. I can't remember that. I don't remember Double Cross no, that I well. I don't remember that one because <laughs> you finish you finish the quest and then it comes up with like blah, blah, warning warning. Oh, and I think all of us blamed yeah. on it because we used up all our items. That does ring a bell. Yeah. yeah. All I'm saying is, yeah, it would have been cool if that had been slightly playable brief encounter with Lunagar. But as I mean, the cutscene was cool. I'm not like 
raging about it. <laughs> despite like the fact that we just spent three minutes on it. <laughs> I guess it's maybe a, 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 a byproduct of them trying to be a lot more story driven with mm. the with like Rise and World. Well, it's a weird um, mix of them being more story driven by having the cutscenes, but then being less story driven by having like the actual hunts are way more systems based and anything can happen. Mm. So we, because like we were saying, we do still get random encounters with other monsters. They're just not so scripted. True. And they also want you to care, I suppose, care about fearing in that scene with Luna Garon. Yep. And then, yeah, later on, she is very key to the plot. I should be doing more of the follower quests so I can build up the relationships with those guys. They're quite cool, yeah. Um, I think if we're going to do a, like a, post-mortem on Sunbreak and our thoughts on it, I'll definitely be bigging up the whole request when we get to that. I'll be enjoying them. Let's do an episode on all the humans. <laughs> Great. Can't wait. Andy will have <laughs> nought to say. <laughs> he has not read a word of their dialogue. <laughs> I skimmed it. <laughs> Even a man who is pure in heart and said his prayers by night may become a wolf when the wolf bang moves and the autumn moon is bright. So Ludigaron's name yeah. seems pretty cut and dry, I would assume. Yep, so the lunar part obviously comes from the moon, like what a werewolf is transformed by. And then Garon, like uh, Odogaron. I can't remember if we knew this at the time when we did Odogaron, but Garo is like Japanese for a hungry wolf. Yes. Um, that's where Garurumon comes from as well. Uh. One a lot, I think villain called Garo as well. Ah, because uh, the name for a wolf is Okami. So I'm wondering if, but then a lot of animals in Japan, you can also call them by like a real kiddie onomatopoeia name. So like kids call dogs Wanchan because one is like a dog sound. So maybe Garo is just like the onomatopoeia for growling when it's hungry. Garo. Perfect but yeah, we talked about the Wolfman a little bit already, but very clearly, this is a werewolf monster. Yes. Yeah. Like, the main thing what a werewolf does is transform, and this one has a transformation in the middle of its turn. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the Luna aspect in its name as well, yeah. you know, like, when the moon goes full, the wolf comes out. Yeah, and then you have the full, you know, Frankenstein's monster, Wolfman, Dracula trio there. With Frankenstein and Dracula, there's like a really obvious novel that you can look at and be like, yeah, this is the origin point of this monster. Whereas Wolfman, I don't think it's based on like such an explicit book, but werewolves as a thing are like weirdly universal. Like pretty much every culture on Earth has some story about a guy turning into a wolf or some sort of humanoid wolf monster. Just something about it is inherently scary to people. Or is inherently like, that's how you create an, as a way of saying like, oh, this group of savages is like, oh, you know, they're wolfmen, they're beastmen. It's just something universal to human culture, it seems. It's always been like, as you said, like, even to, even today you get people talk about like, like skinwalkers and yeah, like and like the Americas and things like that, and I suppose it's just been. It might maybe perhaps maybe it stem from people like living out in the wilds wearing like wolf pelts and things like that. Who knows? Like I think yeah, because some of the uh, like a lot of the very earliest wolfman myths, 
it's like um, they put on the pelt and they become a wolf. So it goes back to like Viking berserkers and there's some Native mm. American versions. I think the Mesopotamian one was similar to that where they wear the wolf skin and become a werewolf. The oldest known human, like mythological or fictional created creature was a man-lion hybrid. There's like a statue we made of one from Mammoth Tusk that's like almost 100,000 years old or something. Mm. So the idea of man-beasts has been with us since the very beginning. I see. It's cool though, isn't it? Mm. If you could become a wear thing, what would you choose? Well, uh, if you're going to listen to the hunt episode, you'll find out Andy will be a weird blobfish. No, no. no. <laughs> I'd mean, be I become something. Why the fuck would I become that? No, I'd want to be something that could fly. I'd be like an eagle, a were eagle. Hawkman, Andrew Rice. Yeah, I'd be into that. Yeah, I'd be a meet bear, obviously. That'd be a bird man. Would you be the owl man? Go around scaring people at hospitals. <laughs> Go away! <laughs> oh. Right, we done? Yep. Ask the loss next, Jay. I was actually going to ask about the armour. Okay. If there was any, like... Because you always make the armour. I'm always interested in if there's any, like, clear design choices that they made to the armour. Um, it's kind of cool because you've got big... Like wolf ears, um, and it gives you like this white sort of hairdo slash bandana thing at the back. But it, it's very armor-like armor. It doesn't really like make you look like a werewolf or anything. No luck here. It's a pretty cool one. Yeah, no, it's more like a wolf-themed Power Ranger, I guess. Cool. It's pretty cool, but no, it's not like a. Oh wow, this is a big reference to nineteen. 19- 43's The Wolfman Part 4 or something like that. <laughs> ah, yes, that not, famous film. Not that I'd get it if it was. <laughs> well, we can uh, go ahead and sweep that podcast under the rug. Because next time, we're going to fight the dragon that's a bit like a bug. So join us for the fight against Astalos is coming up next um, but until then where can we be found Luke? you can find this podcast on Twitter at Monster Mash Pod or also on Facebook YouTube Spotify Apple Podcasts please do give us a rating and a review you know give us five stars tell people to listen it'll be nice um, but just keep on listening maybe share it with your friends whatever and uh, if you want to throw some money my way to help keep things online you can go to patreon.com slash podcastio podcastius and even if you don't want to give us any money, you should still go over there because you'll find nice, convenient links to the other podcasts me and my pals create. Until then, Jay, what can they tweet at Andyman949? Um, tweet them pictures of blobfishes in distress. Wow, that's horrible. Tweet them pictures of blobfish in their natural habitat looking happy. And your apologies for your previous treatment of blobfish. I don't know if they, there are many pictures of them in their natural habitat, though. Cause well, that's, that's, why they they that's why everyone thinks they look like blobfish. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. That's why they need to tweet them 
pictures of blobfish in distress, so you can retweet it and spread the word of blobfishes needing help. Oh, the old Channel 5 excuse, like, oh, no, no, this isn't really exploitation, it's because we want to help their situation. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's why we're just going to film all these documentaries where it's just lots of juicy shots of a boy with an ass for a face. Yep, that's that's why I'm treating Andy this week. He's our boy <laughs> of the arse on his face. See ya! <laughs> <laughs> Catch you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>